And welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Ryan Ferran here. So glad you can join us. We are talking public relations and school communications as usual. Today's podcast be a bit different, but we are giving you some insights into our recent presentation at the California School Board Association's annual education conference, CSBA, in San Francisco. I had the great opportunity to do a session called Creating a Digital Communications Internship Program to Brand Your School District. was able to present with our board president, Kuhn Wynn, and Dr. David Van Alstal, the superintendent of the Arcadia Unified School District. So this is a audio recording of our presentation from CSBA in San Francisco recently, and it was just a great opportunity to talk with David and Kuhn and do this presentation with school board members from all over California and other superintendents and stuff. We got some great feedback from some superintendents and board members and emails from them that were in the audience that really appreciated it. And I give all the credit to our board and our superintendent and leadership and our student interns. They really do all the work. I just kind of get out of the way and let them do their thing. So we talked about how we do communications in Arcadia Unified, a couple of our strategies, um, social media, media relations, and then the huge important role that our student interns play for us in that communication effort and our public relations strategies. So it, it was just a really great conference, great spending time with our board who really support everything we do in our school district. They're just, they have a vision and mission unlike many others and our superintendent and to get to share this presentation with them was fantastic and for them to all be there and Kuhn to be on the presentation board along with Dr. Van Alstal was just a great opportunity for us. So we'll start the presentation right now and it will begin with board president Kuhn Wynn giving some background on Arcadia Unified and then Dr. Van Alstal jumps in there briefly and then I kind of take over the presentation and lead us through it and then uh, our board president, Kuhn Wynn, and Dr. Van Alstal jump in and kind of interject their thoughts on certain areas and certain topics. And it's uh, hope you enjoy it. Here it is in its entirety. And uh, we'll catch you on the other side. And for more information, you can check us out on Twitter, send me an email, and all the like. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. For those of you who don't know about Arcadia, we are located in San Diego Valley. Oh, oh and Lee Chavez. <laughs> Just saw you. Okay. You're not sitting at our table, Lee. Okay. Uh, Lee's also one of our board members. So, Arcadia. We are located in San Gabriel Valley, approximately eight miles east of Pasadena. Our marching band is world renowned. They've marched in the Rose Parade, Granddaddy the Mall, January, you know, January 1, 14 times. They also had the honor and privilege of marching in um, two presidential inaugurations, uh, President Eisenhower and the late President George H.W. Bush. Let's just pause and have a brief moment of silence for the President, fourth first President of the United States. Thank you. Um, we are one of the most innovative school districts in the country. We're proud to be a member of the prestigious League of Innovative Schools. Our goal is to champion staff and student to imagine, inquire, and inspire. The purpose of our district is to challenge and inspire students to make a positive and profound impact on the world. We have approximately 10,000 students and our annual budget is 100 million. We are a one-to-one -one district fully implemented 
with 11 award-winning schools, six elementary schools, three middle schools, one high school, one alternative, and outreach program. Business Week named Arcadia as the best place to raise your kids in the entire state on two separate occasions. Just by a show of hands, how many of you have teenage kids? How many of you have high school age kids? Okay, so I don't know if you noticed, but there were eight sessions on student wellness, assistant programs, social and emotional well-being in the conference this year. This is an invisible illness that does not discriminate. It affects all economic classes and nationality. It also affected me. In 2016, my son Troy, who's going to be featured in the presentation, was hospitalized under Section 5150 during his junior year of high school, which is the most challenging year of high school for most high school students. Today, I will be presenting on parent perspective on the positive impacts that the digital communication program has had for my son and our family. With that, I'll turn it over to Dr. David Manasto. Yeah, good morning, everyone. David Manasto, Superintendent for Arcadia Schools. And let me just pause and celebrate the fact that you are here, awake, and with us. Congratulations. Wow. So thank you all for being here. We really appreciate it. Um, I also want to introduce, uh, we just, I'm blessed with such an amazing staff. And uh, so I want to introduce Kevin Harishu, our Assistant Superintendent of HR, and my uh, amazing CBO, Dear Gaslin, right here in front. So thank you all for being here as well. Um, I think the only thing I want to add before we jump in uh, with Ryan is that we've been on this uh, journey, and I'll call it that, because it's been uh, many years in the making, and we have a long way to go, to personalizing learning. And so how does this fit in is that when we're looking at that journey, increasing student voice and choice um, is, is the focus. Um, and, and we're looking at every 360 part of the district and where can we do that? So this is just a great example of along that journey. We, we're always talking about the classroom and, and you know so some pedagogy and, and, and teachers and learning. But we often forget that there's so many programs going on around the district where that concept of increasing voice and choice by kids is very relevant. So um, with that, I'll uh, let Ryan get started. All right, thank you very much, Dr. Van Alstal. And again, thank you very much uh, for being here this morning. I know you are all great board members and district staff because it is 8.30 on a Saturday, wrapping up a conference, and you are here. Most of you are somewhat smiling and awake, so we appreciate that uh, very much. Uh, just some information about us. Here's uh, who is here today, and below you'll see our Twitter handles. Uh, the presentation, as President Wynn mentioned, we already tweeted that out on my Twitter, so it's there uh, for you to access. And then our district Twitter, if you want to kind of see what we're doing, is right there at Arcadia Unified and their Twitter handles as well. And we talk about storytelling and the importance of it. Uh, proud to say that when I started about five years ago, uh, we talked about storytelling and our board members were all for it. So we're probably one of the few school districts that has every single board member on Twitter, every single superintendent, every principal in our district, and over 300 teachers and staff. Um, so that greatly helps our storytelling when you have a board of education and superintendents who really believe in helping to share our stories. So that's fantastic. And you can follow all of us on Twitter. So again, I'm Ryan Coran. My background is in journalism. Uh, this is a photo of me 
up way too early in the morning, covering a very sad situation, wearing way too much makeup. So I spent about a lot of makeup. 15 years in television news, and I love journalism, I love storytelling, working on a deadline, kind of under pressure. Um, but after a while, you kind of are telling the same stories, depressing stories year in and year out. And I uh, found school public relations, and it's something where it was such an easy transition for me because I'm still telling stories. I'm just a little bit more biased, more of the positive stories are going out. Um, but I'm still using those techniques that I learned in journalism, and it's been really rewarding. And the fact that I get to work with students and mentor students all the time in this program is one of the best parts of my job. So I've got a, a degree in journalism, have a master's in communications, uh, with a concentration in new media and marketing. I'm also the uh, chair for the California School Public Relations Association uh, for Los Angeles. If you have not heard of CalSPRA, especially if you do not have a communications person in your district, this is a nonprofit that is worth uh, its weight in gold. It's only $150 for a membership for a year. You can have three people from your organization for just $250. There's a listserv, so when we're going through issues or crisis, there's a new dashboard coming out on Monday. What are you guys sending out? Any templates, any resources you are using? You'll get five, six responses right away. So it is a wonderful resource. Calspr.org is the website. Uh, my superintendent's on it with me as well. You just kind of get to collaborate and commiserate with uh, the rest of us in California. There's a lot of great resources on there. I've also taught a couple of college classes and do some uh, PR consulting as well. My Twitter's on there, and the presentation is on uh, my website, ryanprparan.blogspot.com. So why do we tell our story uh, in schools? And I think right now in the history of public education, it's never been more important to tell the stories of our schools. Um, here are just a few of the headlines. Our neighbors across California, across the state, are waking up to every day. Uh, we know the teacher shortage in California and the country is not very good right now, and it's getting worse. Declining enrollment. A lot of people are dealing with declining enrollment. Uh, think about how nervous you would be if you woke up to this uh, district down 4,000 people. Uh, the funding crisis, especially here in California, we all know we are uh, greatly underfunded for what we all want to do. Teacher shortage is going to get worse. And now we're all kind of forced to go for bond measures, parcel tax. How do we get those passed? School shootings. The parents, the community, your own staff wants to know what you're doing with safety. Um, and then there's this narrative out there that public education is not working, it's broken, it needs to be fixed. So there's so many reasons why we need to counter this argument. We all know that we can go to any of our schools any day of the week and find amazing examples of what's working in public education. But if our communities don't know those stories, they're just going off some of these negative headlines that they see. Uh, there's also been, as we know, never been as much competition for public education. We can't really just open our doors and expect parents to take their kids to our schools anymore. There's online schools, charter schools um, popping up left and right. So there's just so many reasons now to tell our, our stories in our schools. One of the things we noticed right away when we started getting on social media in Arcadia is that the increase in morale, 
when you start posting about your staff and your students, that sense of pride really goes to another level and we recognize that right away. Recruitment as staff, we talked about that, that's huge. When you're putting out stories about what some of your innovative teachers are doing, neighboring teachers are seeing that and they wanna work with that group of innovative teachers. Recruitment of students, that's huge now. A lot of districts obviously dealing with declining enrollment and that saturation of positive news, that's what we're kind of about, that continuous momentum of positive stories. And then now we're starting the past couple of years because public education is seen by some as not working or, or broken. So we, even in Arcadia, when we're doing stories of success in public education, it's not just a story of success for Arcadia Unified, it's this is a story of success for public education. This is a public school, and this is something we all can uh, benefit and be proud of. Reputation management, we all know we're gonna go through our crisis. You may be texting your superintendent right now about a crisis you're going through as we speak. But if that's the only time that your community is hearing from you, once a month, once every six months, when something bad is happening or your district or somebody in your district is being questioned or something you know, negative is out there, that's not good. But imagine if you know, that's one story of 20 they've seen that year, positive, 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 they see a negative, your Q rating still remains up there because they've seen so many positive stories and they're much more willing to give you the benefit of the doubt. And of course, now everybody wants transparency and communication is huge. So just another reason of the many uh, to be communicating and telling our story. So if you're not telling your story, who is? I know it's early on a Saturday morning, but it's pop quiz time, and this one is easy. So if you're not doing it, who is? No one, disgruntled parents, staff, or community, we always love their stories. Social media rumors, alternative facts. The media, they will always cover the ABCs, right? Anything controversial, bad news, catastrophe. And we know the answer is all of the above, but the real answer should be you, right? You should be telling your story. And that's in Arcadia. Um, actually, I've been here five years, but before me, there was a public information officer for 30 years. So I joined a district that really believed in storytelling and communicating with the public. Uh, so for my job, it's a little bit easier. Um, so I really have that benefit going for me. And we take a big time proactive approach, uh, especially with the media. Your own community wants to know, uh, we talked about funding in California. Uh, we're almost all forced to go out for bond measures, parcel taxes, but they wanna know why should they support you? What are you doing uh, in your schools that is successful? Why should we continue to give you money? What did you do with our previous money for the previous parcel tax? Um, a lot of districts may make the mistake of, all right, we need to go out for a bond too. We need a parcel tax. They put it on the ballot, and in three months they're trying to convince people, voters, this is why you should support us. This type of thing takes years of that continuous marketing and branding of your district of what you're doing. Because Susie Smith, your neighbor, may be on Facebook, but she may only see one or two positive stories every six months. Six months, so you need that continuous uh, repetition. Also, our own organizations are fighting for the same dollars. Our PTAs are asking for money. Uh, our Ed Foundations, our boosters. So um, it is so key to have that long-term communication plan to help pass some of these partial taxes and bond measures. 
one of the things that I find interesting is, especially in California, probably roughly 50% of school districts have a communication person. And there's always sometimes a debate, well, we could take that money and put it for teachers or more staff. One thing that a communication person does is really help lead these parcel taxes and bond measures through telling those stories. So uh, the return on investment, and we're not solely responsible for bringing in $77 million. If I was, I would be asking my board for a raise right now. But we do help lead the storytelling effort and the branding and the marketing leading up to that election and that, and that bond measure, that parcel tax. So the return on investment for a position that may cost $100,000, you can bring in 17, 217, 77 million dollars. Um, so it's a really a key person to help with that strategy, uh, that long-term strategy and philosophy for going out for those bond measures. And I'll add real taxes. quick, Ryan. It's, it's always unfortunate I'll get calls from soups or board members to say, you know, we saw you just had this really successful bond measure. Uh, we have one coming up, you know, in the spring. Give us some of your strategies. And, and the unfortunate part is, is that they're two years late, right? Because it, it's building that trust and, and uh, relationship with the community is what you do on the little things over a long period of time so that when you are coming to a big ask, it's now's not the time to say, oh, and trust us, you know, it's built over time. And so that's the importance of having this position in place because it's not about a campaign. It's, it's what we do every day. And it's including, superintendents get really good at involving the community once we've identified a problem and we want people to help us solve it. We're really good at that. But if you don't include people in actually identifying the problems, um, then they're not gonna be with you and own it when we solve it. So it, it's kind of that backing up and recognizing this is, this is more of a long road work, but the payoff is tremendous. Yeah, and with what we also do, when, when Ryan mentioned that we had competing organizations, we have four, you know, 501c3 nonprofit organization competing for the same pool of money. We have a music club, we have an athletic booster club, we have a performing arts foundation, and we have an ed foundation. And through social media, through our communications program, we maintain and nurture that relationship. And it's a strategic relationship because you don't want to come to them anytime you need money. It's, we're sharing our story and that long lasting relationship. I mean, if you look at 27 to 18 years, you know, who does that? But we were successful in getting that. Thank you guys. So quick poll, who, who in their district does not have a communications person? Okay, calspro.org, emails over there. Um, but it, it does make it so hard, and Dr. Van Alstal talked about that trust building. When you're going out for a parcel tax or a bond measure and then you start communicating, there's that cynicism, that that skepticism that people have. Like, now we're hearing from you. Now you want, you know, to tell us how great you are because you have you have something on on the line. But it's that trust over the over the years that really gets their trust. In 2017, this last one, 18 years, 77 million dollars. We there's some communities that can wake up and pass a partial tax. There are very few of them. People move to our district for the schools. We're, we're a destination district, as our superintendent says, but we barely passed this. We passed this by 67 votes. Election night, I mean, we're all much older because of 2017. <laughs> Election night, 
when the ballots were cast, we were below the two-thirds threshold. So we had to wait weeks and weeks, and they finally started ticking up our way. But we barely passed that, and we've been saturating the community for five years um, in case in 2012 we needed to go back out, and we barely passed it. If we didn't communicate and let our people know what we did with the bond in 2006, their money in 2012, there's no way we're passing in 2017. Taxpayer has never been asked to provide more money, so uh, that was a huge benefit, and uh, I think we shed a lot of tears that night. Actually, I have, through all of our engagement with the community leading up to that uh, measure, um, some people ask, why 18 years? Like, well, that's a, you know, where'd you get that number? What came out of a lot of our engagements was people said, look, if you really need the money, then I want you to have it for the whole career of my child. So we had a lot of families moving in with elementary children, and they didn't want it like, Oh, some good times for five years, and then it runs out, and now my child goes without. So it was an interesting, you know, learning that we did going out and engaging with our community, and that's where 18 years came, which was a, a positive surprise to us. And as a testament to our board, all of our board members did the precinct walks. I mean, we went door to doors promoting the campaign. Lori's husband chaired the previous Measure A campaign. The president of one of our foundations chaired the the recent. Uh, has anyone heard of the Arcadia Innovation Summit? All right, free conference every summer we, we host, completely free for educators, uh, free lunch, free Wi-Fi and all that. Uh, we've had some great keynotes over the years. Um, one of our speakers, George Koros, a couple years ago, his, his background is in education, but I love and I stole this quote that he said um, at our Arcadia Innovation Summit. We need to make the positives so loud that the negatives are almost impossible to hear. That's kind of the philosophy we use, is that constant saturation of positive news. So when those negatives pop up, when people move into our schools or into your county now, they're not visiting our schools, they're going to what? Online, and they start doing a search for your school. So when they come up and do those searches, if all they see is, X person accused of this, board member recalled that, I may go to the neighboring school district right away, right? But if they go there and they start seeing some of these positive stories, that really helps bury the negatives. You hear those things, um, those commercials for, uh, we can scrub the negative uh, reputation for your business online. People posted negative stuff about you, we'll get rid of that. How do they do that? They have no control over Google. All it is is they put out more positive stories to help bury the negative. You can't go erase anything from Google. I've tried. It's not work. So all they're doing is adding positives so those negatives sink to the bottom. So I love that philosophy. So I, I'm known as kind of the media relations, social media guy. Um, I see a lot of small businesses, politicians running for local government make this mistake all the time. Social media is fantastic. Doing my entire campaign, whether it's outreach, political, on social media, and it's going to go great. It does not work. It takes a long time to get a strong following on social media. So the old school traditional means of communication are still super, super important. Your newsletters, we still send out a newsletter by paper. goes out to our entire community. Uh, email blasts, paper flyers, you have a website marquee. Still use those because that's a direct contact to your target demographic, your community. 
Um, so it's still very valuable. Don't forget about the old school traditional. Um, but if you want to get that brand out there when people are moving into your, to your region uh, and kind of reach the world, media relations, social media, and for us, our third factor is our student interns. So last year, um, we talked about being proactive with the media. When I first got to Arcadia, somebody got a phone call uh, from the media. It was, tell them we'll call them back Tuesday and we'll see if it goes away by then. But we kind of changed that philosophy. Let's answer the call, even if it's negative, and um, give them the access. They're still gonna do the story, but let's be proactive. And then when we go out to reach, reach out to them with positive stories, they're much more willing to trust us and do the stories. We'll play just a small portion of some of these clips um, from our graduation from a year ago. No, go ahead. Okay, thank you. Well, it's graduation night at Acadia High, and they must be doing something right because several of the grads are heading off to Ivy League schools. I went to supporter Amy Powell talked to two of them, and she's live with that story. Hi, Amy. Hey, Ellen. Well, it really is pretty amazing, and we're getting ready for the start of graduation ceremonies here, but just to give you an example, they have three students heading to Harvard, four to Yale, seven to Cornell, and the list goes on and on. These students are well-rounded, but they're also really smart. Arcadia High School's class of 2017 is sending some pretty impressive graduates off to college. And here's what makes this group of graduates picking up their diplomas today so special. At least one student has been accepted into every single Ivy League university in the country. And what's more, there's a... An impressive academic feat for Arcadia High School. For the second year in a row now, graduating class there has at least one student accepted into every Ivy League university in the country. So who had a graduation last year? <laughs> who had three television crews covering the graduation last year? <laughs> Just the Arcadia folks. So it, it's not this secret science. It's being proactive and letting the media know of the stories. Did you guys notice a theme with all three of those stories from different stations? What is it? The Ivy League. Do you think they came and did an investigation at our graduation about, let me, let me talk to everybody, see where they're going? No, we told them the storyline. We knew it was a good storyline. We told it to them. They trusted us because when they call, if there's something negative, we'll talk to them. So they're not gonna do research and fact checking on us. They just trust us. We have that relationship. Um, the media gets a terrible rap for just doing car chases. What did Donald Trump tweet today? This, the Kardashians but they will do positive stories in education. They just need to know about them. 10 years ago, they would have called our schools and say, hey, what's going on today? Now they're not doing that. But if you have somebody actively doing that and proactively communicating with the media and forming that relationship, they will do these stories. They also left out a 100% graduation rate. That was this year. <laughs> but it's played on the clip, but we didn't want to play it locally. <laughs> So these are just some more stories uh, from the same graduation. Um, one thing we also do is we track our media stories. Uh, so we create a web page on our district site, 
And this does several things. Um, one of them is prove that uh, your SEO, which is your search engine optimization, so it's just another link back to Google, which will rise in the rankings. Uh, so when people are on your website, they can research, and then it helps when people are just Googling your school uh, on the search engines as well. This is actually a presentation within itself. This is uh, Dr. Van Alstal there. This is just on our, our media page as a snippet of a photo. Um, and then can anyone recognize the blonde lady to his left? Uh, that's Diane Sawyer. Uh, that was from a year ago. If anyone remembers um, the Caitlyn Jenner story that was on ABC 2020, they did a follow-up about a year later. And one of the, the large segments they did was about transgender students in education. Now this story would have never happened in a million years if we didn't have a proactive and open approach with the media. Six, seven, probably eight years ago, we had a, a, a uh, issue with a transgender student at a summer camp. Really didn't have too much to do with our schools, but there was an issue of which bunk would the students stay in. Uh, long story short, the, de the uh, Department of Justice got a hold of that and said, we will now be working with you to make sure everything goes correctly. So, and I think that was Dr. Van Alstel's first day as deputy superintendent. <laughs> he got a stack of about 500 papers on his desk and said, welcome to the job. <laughs> so the, the narrative out there, and actually the student has gone on to graduate, he's doing great things. Uh, but the narrative out there in blogs and articles when there was an issue about transgender students in the media, we always came up as, Arcadia Unified School District, the first school district in the country to be forced to work with the Department of Justice. Mm -hmm. So every time somebody wrote that, that tagline in some form was in there, and it really wasn't the, the total narrative. So um, fast forward a few years, that's kind of out there. A reporter from the Associated Press calls and says, we're doing a story on transgender students. We're interested in talking to Dr. Van Osdall about kind of his perspective. So let me, let me call you right back. Let me have a quick conversation with Dr. Van Osdall. So we talked about it, and he said, yeah, let's do it. And we agreed, let's just tell, let's tell our story about how it went. In that interview, he mentioned how, uh, no offense to any lawyers, if you get the lawyers out of the room, you really get to the heart of the issue and do what's best for the students. Because the lawyers got in there, got a little ugly. So he said that quote, it got in the Associated Press, which goes to all national outlets in the country. Um, then when they were researching to do part two of Caitlyn Jenner on ABC 2020 with Diane Sawyer, their researchers and Diane Sawyer saw that quote and said, I love that. Let's get this guy to be a part of that segment. So they actually wanted him so bad that they were willing to do it. Uh, the story, all these people here in this photo are from all over the country, differing views. This was another three years off our lives. Uh, deciding to do this, but they wanted to do it so bad that they were willing to fly to Arcadia to do this segment. We did it at our board member's house, at backyard, um, and did this. But that, and, and this segment, it's online, you can watch it. Um, and so the narrative went from, we were forced to work with the Department of Justice, we really didn't hand, handle our transgender students very well, to this piece that came out and it really showed who David was and our district is and how caring we really are for transgender students. A mom of another transgender student was in another segment that we happened to go shoot and film with them, came up and was crying, gave him a hug about 
<clears throat> what he did for her student, and it was just this, the narrative changed 180, and he gets calls from superintendents all over the country now that are dealing with issues about transgender students in schools uh, because of this piece. If we would have said no to that AP reporter, that never happens, and that negative narrative is still there. Dr. Van Alstal, anything to add to that? Uh, well, I just say that, and this is a testimony to Ryan's position. And I know, you know, it's, a lot of times it comes up to funds. You know, do you have the funds to, to support this? So I, I recognize that. I don't want to skip over that. Um, but the importance here is that uh, I'm not equipped. I, I didn't. I didn't have a class in, in my superintendency on how to sit down with Diane Sawyer and not come out looking bad. And you, you know, and this is you, you don't get any edit rights on this kind of stuff, right? So. Yeah, I was, I was, there was a lot of fear uh, agreeing to do this. Um, but having a professional that, um, you know, he, he gave, we had mock interviews. I mean, he drilled me and, and we made sure that, that our message was what I was sharing regardless of what I was asked. Um, and he prepped me for this interview, which ended up being highly successful. And, and for our district, not just for me, but making our district, the, the true heart of our district come out. Um, but I, I would have never accepted it, first of all. And all my friends, all my superintendents said, you are nuts. Like, this, this, this is going to cost you your job, right? This is going to be bad. And it could have. Um, but when I had a, had a professional that was able to kind of walk me through that, obviously, um, I was able to. Yeah. And I know we're going to move on, but I have a specific question about that. So how involved was your board for, on the decision? They were nervous. Um, we had uh, a couple campaigns coming up, both board election and uh, a, a measure. Um, but we did. We discussed it. I mean, we obviously we operate together. Um, we shared the concerns, shared the, the how we were going to manage it, um, and they were supportive of it. So it's a good, great question. Thank you. And that was and that was one of the things when we decided to do it. We were talking to the producers. Uh, we know there's polarizing issues, especially across the country, about this, and this is a national piece. And we said, we're willing to share our story and what worked for us. We're not going on to tell anybody else what to do. And so they said, okay, that's great. And then we moved forward with it. So when I got to Arcadia about 2013, our positive media stories, probably less than 10. I really pushed hard because my background is in journalism. I know how to, I think I know how to do uh, media pitches and sell stories. We went up to 31. Next year we kept going up, building more relationships. 2015-16, um, 66 positive stories. 2016-17 when I added a news writing team to our internship, we got 100 uh, positive media stories. Last year 115. Uh, so over the past five years, 360 positive media stories in less than five years. So we have, like any school district, a few negatives, but when you compare the positives to the negatives, uh, we'll take that any day. Um, and now when, especially nowadays, uh, the newspaper business is not doing too well, TV business is having cut back, so sometimes you need to help the media help you. I won't show both of these, I'll show you a quick tip quick clip, say that three times fast, and then uh, you get also a sense of Arcadia. But this video on the right, the Peacocks one, is just from me and my iPhone, and then thinking, this is kind of a cute story, maybe the local news will pick up, and me sending it to them. Again, it's not the media coming to cover our concert in the Arboretum.
Students with the Arcadia High School Pops Band have some special guests at their concert tonight. <laughs> Peacocks accompany the students at their 58th annual concert at the L.A. County Arboretum and Botanical Garden tonight. Their bird calls rock the concert. Colorful peacocks are permanent residents in that area, of course. Their presence is often met with good-natured tolerance or not by the locals, no doubt. The peacocks were certainly welcome tonight. <laughs> it can be very pretty. And noise bad. <laughs> That's the big debate in Arcadia. It's, if you've never been there, it's phenomenal. When I first got there, one of their, Jim Leahy was driving me around town, and I'm like, are you, you going to explain the 30 peacocks in the middle of the street right now? They just live wild in Arcadia, but that's the, the debate. Are they beautiful, or are they a nu nuisance to the community? But this is something that I just shot in my iPhone and thought this is kind of a cute little story, uh, especially having the, in Arcadia, this is just like a Tuesday. But for me, being outside of Arcadia, it's like, this is, what are you talking about? This is incredible. There's peacocks going to the concert. This is kind of a cool thing. Uh, and this is the other story on the left is uh, one of our students playing at the uh, Field of Honor during Veterans Day and just me shooting on the iPhone, sending it to the media, and giving them a suggested script, a 30-second uh, narrative of the story, and then knowing how they like the video edited. They don't like a bunch of dissolves and transition and text in there. Uh, but this is us helping the media. And more times than not, when I send a video press release, it gets picked up by them. So the Peacock story is kind of like cute and quirky, but you also, the, the branding behind it is all these uh, high school students and this huge orchestra and this great uh, opportunity they have and this great program. Um, you get to see that as well, so it's pretty cool. So then when the media doesn't help you at all, and there's a lot of stories that we want to get out to our community and our parents, then that's when you become kind of the media. I was recently helping a school district up north uh, hire their communications person, and I'm very biased towards former journalists, and there's a lot of uh, former journalists that are in school PR um, because they can help tell the story. They're not afraid to be on camera. I'm not very good at it. It just means I'm willing to do it. Um, so some of the stories when we talk about personalized learning in our schools, um, the Leader in Me character building program, restorative practices. The media is not really going to cover, come to our schools and cover that. So we created a year and a half ago uh, this digital education station. And actually, in our latest one, we kind of described the purpose of it. So I'll just play, play a quick clip of that. And all this is shot on an iPhone and edited with an iPhone. Episode number 22 of the Digital Education Station, everyone. So glad you could join us. Dr. Benalstal, thank you for being here as always. Always a pleasure. We started the Digital Education Station about a year and a half ago, and as mentioned, we are now 22 episodes in. We started it just to get more information out about processes, procedures, and curriculum, and everything that's happening throughout the Arcadia Unified School District. A lot of people can watch it on YouTube, Facebook, all the episodes are on our website as well, ASD.net. A lot of people tell me they listen to it just like a podcast. It's a cruising into work. So it's uh, information is getting out there. Episode 21 a couple weeks ago was with our city manager, Dominic Lazzarato, about the new developments in Arcadia, which is very exciting. So if you missed that, that is available as well. Today, binge watch on Netflix. Just go to our channel. There you go. 
days of content. When, that, when people say, what are your weekend plans? I'm going home and watching Netflix. If they ever say, I'm going home and watching the binge watching the digital education station, we will be thrilled. So today we're talking about personalized learning. And it's 22 episodes. <laughs> By the way, that's, that's on a green screen in Ryan's office, just two chairs against the wall. So this is not a studio, didn't cost a thing, other than a green piece of uh, curtain. So wireless mic. Yeah, so the wireless microphone. I actually did a, on my blog, I did the entire setup of this studio. Those are just lavalier microphones from Amazon for $20 that you can plug into your phone directly. They have a single one, a dual one, and there's a splitter. But on my blog, um, I explain and have the links to all those. So this studio setup is less than $200. So a lot of people think you need this big grand camera, this big studio setup, thousands of dollars to do high quality marketing videos. This is all less than $200. As Dr. Manostal said, I edit it on my iPhone. He does put a little makeup on me, but <laughs> shiny spots. I thought I got out of wearing makeup, but that uh, still continues. Um, so this is when you, you know, when I recommend people look strongly at journalists, um, for their communications positions. Now there's a lot of people that don't have journalism backgrounds that are fantastic public information officers, communications directors, but uh, having some of this, this skill set has really helped us um, a lot. I won't play all these videos, they're on the uh, slide deck that you can take a look at uh, as well. So then, and then when the media doesn't answer in either way, that's kind of when we create social media. We all know by now how important uh, social media is. We've invested a lot of time, and this is where our internship program really helps us. You need to have content on your social media to get the following, to get that reach. So for us being a school district of less than 10,000 students, to have over 6,000 followers on our Facebook page is wonderful. If you have a Facebook page and you have around 25% of your student ratio as followers, that's really good. For us, we have over 60%, and it's a lot of that is because our student internship and our students, uh, they provide so much content for us, and I'll explain that uh, in just a few minutes here. So our Instagram has over 4,000. Again, our Twitter is huge for us. Uh, we got big buy-in from our board, our superintendents when I first got there. All of them are on Twitter. We have over 300 teachers and staff. So think about that. I can disappear for months at a time. They're still all on Twitter tweeting everything from the classroom, retweeting it. So the, the reach we get from having a network of people. And one thing um, I'll give uh, Dr. Van Ostal credit for, we were our new educator academy. So when we get our new teachers every year. Um, he said, let's do a uh, Twitter workshop right away. So as soon as they come to the district, this is just a norm for them. So now every year in our new educator academy, when we get 30, 40 new teachers, we're doing a Twitter workshop, we're telling them how to tag the district, how to tag their photos. And so every year we're getting another 30, 40 staff um, from our district on Twitter and on social media, helping to share our story, uh, which is fantastic. This is just one example. This is uh, from our band, as uh, President Wynn mentioned a couple years ago. Uh, our band was in the Rose Parade for the 14th time. This is me taking a five-minute live video of the rehearsal for the Rose Parade. Reached almost 70,000 people. And what I love about this post the most and why I use it 
the comments are amazing. The school pride and the community pride from the alumni. Class of 91, so glad to see the band still going. Uh, reading these comments is so heartwarming, but if we didn't have social media and we weren't out there, how are they connected uh, to our schools? And a lot of these people are living in our community still, but aren't, they don't have students anymore. Uh, and again, when we go out to ask them to help us, our hands out for parcel tax and bond measure, they at least have that positive connection again. That's why we really believe in uh, the use of social media. So creating content for social media, a lot of people have Facebook pages, but they kind of sit there dark, empty, and neglected. Um, when I got here <coughs> five years ago, I, it was storyteller's dream, walking around our campuses and our schools, seeing all the amazing positive stories, but I knew I could only be in so many places at, uh, at once. And so we started um, thinking about what if we had some student help and internships. So I started researching uh, internships, and there was a few in California, but all of them were paid internships. And we know we don't have money to sustain a paid internship. So we started uh, thinking about how we could still do it. So I started with one student intern four years ago, Travis Chen, amazing student. Um, quickly added a second, and the next semester we opened it up to applications. Uh, we got a great response. So what is a digital communication internship? So it's not, so we have one comprehensive high school, but we let them know it's not just a high school internship. You're covering the entire school district. And the, the kids, especially that are recently from middle school, the freshmen and sophomore in high school, love going back to the, their own middle schools and covering events there. They're now the big kid on campus, they love going back. So we're, in our internship, if you have any interest in journalism, communications, video production, marketing, PR, social media, this is the uh, internship for you. So our interns, we consider them the news reporters for our school district. So we have a team of our own news reporters covering us, and we're very biased about what we put out. <laughs> they all support the public information office. Again, it's non-paid, and it allows myself to take a night off once in a while. <laughs> that makes me very happy. Who knows what Bitmoji is? You're awesome. That's, that's a Bitmoji. It's your personalized emoji. Download the app. You can have a conversation in just Bitmoji. It's the greatest thing ever. So our structure, we meet once a week at the high school, go over what we're going to cover for the week. We do workshops, talk about issues, uh, make sure everyone's up to speed. Um, and then the rest of the week, we communicate through a private Facebook group. So we'll go back and forth. We'll post their articles, videos. Um, I'll put in there some lessons once in a while. What's wrong with this article? We don't meet uh, during vacation or finals week. Then we restart every semester. And that's been key for us. Kids tend to get a little lackadaisical at the end of the semester and kind of a little bit. So they need to get re-motivated. Uh, and we make them apply for it. And it's not a class, it's an internship. I talked to several districts around the country that uh, kind of want to use us as a template. And I find the internship model works great because if they're sitting in the back of the class not doing anything, we say, thanks for coming out. Maybe next semester will be better for you. And then we move on because it does take a lot of time to review work and kind of monitor the students. It's also great for them to put on the college applications or resumes. So what's mandatory? Each semester they must apply, go through an interview process. We have a 30-day probation. They must go to a board of education meeting. They must participate. 
Uh, one of the things, I was on an interview panel for our technology department a couple of years ago. One of our former students was on it. Um, he's obviously qualified for the job because he wouldn't have gotten to the interview level if he wasn't. His interview was disheartening how bad he did. So I tell my students, I don't care what field you go into. If you don't go into journalism, I don't care. But I want you to be prepared in any field you go to. So we teach them interview skills. One of our first workshops is about interviewing, how to fill in an application, telling them what a probationary period is. Students have no idea what a probationary period is. Uh, Dr. Hirshu, who's uh, our assistant superintendent of HR, came in a couple years ago, did a whole workshop about uh, the HR process, the hiring process, what you should put on your resume, what you should not, your cover letter. Uh, so we give all those skills to the interns so uh, they get a lot out of it, uh, so we don't need to financially reward them. And then the board meeting. Each semester, they have to go to a board meeting. We want them to know, if you went to your high school students and said, what is a board of education, or you walked up to them and said, who am I? They would look blankly back at you and say, I don't know who you are. In Arcadia, we would love for them to know the role of our board of education, what they do, and then when our students are out covering events, they can recognize, oh, that's one of our board members, Lori, that's one of our board members, Lee, get a photo of them. Um, and that does a lot of things. A, it <clears throat> kind of tells our community how involved they are, um, their roles, and then if somebody's out there thinking about running for the Board of Education, they may think twice subliminally because they see them at all these events and it's not just showing up to the board meetings, so uh, we put that out there as well. Uh, recruiting, we've been around for four years now, so the recruiting of the program kind of takes care of itself. The word of mouth has been great for us, but when we first started, it was, I knew Travis was an amazing student. If I didn't, I would have just asked the journalism teachers, who do you recommend that would be good for this program? So we do teacher referrals. We also do an email blast and put it in the student bulletin. It's also important to call an internship, uh, not a club, for the high school students that is huge for their college resume and uh, their college apps. Um, and then we make it exclusive. Everyone that applies does not get in and they need to interview, and then we brand ourselves, we market ourselves, and we're at events, we let people know who we are and what we do. And real quick on Travis, Travis as a junior was our student representative to the board, and when he was a senior, he was the state representative, student representative to the State Board of Education. He also attends our legislative conference with our delegation, and speaks at the PTA conference as well. You had a question? The photo, is that a event? Yes, this is one of our, um, our Back class. to school open house nights. Yeah. yeah, and then we also have a clubs day where we'll go so the kids can see all the different clubs. Do you move every school? Yes. The interns are only from high school, but they then go out and cover all the schools. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Lee. So then again, when we're out covering events, we go to USC's High School Journalism Day uh, once a semester. So when we're there, we'll post it on their district Instagram piques the interest of the students. The parents go, what is this program? We were covering the Rose Parade when we were in it, so we're out there alongside all the local media, international media, we got press credentials, so when we're there, we let our community know that we're there, so we kind of brand ourselves as well to help with that recruiting. And then what's in it for the students to continue that? We do a lot of workshops, guest speakers, uh, we do work critiques, so they write an article, we'll take 15 minutes of our meeting, we'll go over the article, we'll put it up, 
what's good about this headline, your lead sentence, so we go we dissect it. Uh, the students really like that. They do a video, we'll play the video a few times, talk about transitions, uh, audio, all that sort of thing. The work experience is fantastic. I mean, they're covering our high school football games, baseball games, our concerts, just like local media are. They love getting press passes. Who knew a press pass to these things would be so big? They get t-shirts. High school kids love the t-shirts. We look like the helpful Honda guys, but we're not the helpful <laughs> guys. Uh, and then they get assignments and responsibilities. A couple of years ago, we added leadership positions to our program. So we have social media managers, we have a news writing manager, video manager, uh, podcast team. It exposes them to activities and events that they never would have imagined or knew existed at the high school. We have almost 4,000 students in our high school, and that's my son Troy on the right. You know, he got to cover the golf and tennis CIF championships, something that he would never watch. And then we also do a letter of recommendation, which is huge for them. So if you complete a full semester in DCI, I'll write you a letter of recommendation give you a certificate of completion. We also have an end of a semester kind of celebration and party where we give the certificate of completion to them. And Dr. Van Osdell has been kind enough to personally come to that meeting every semester, thank them, take a photo op with them, usually gives them a pen or a pin um, as well. And one of the things that I didn't realize the students would like as much, um, they just, they always mention like the access to the board members and the superintendents, getting to meet them, getting to interview them. They really appreciate kind of having access that the normal students wouldn't. Um, so that's one of the things they, they really appreciate. Every time we post a photo album from an intern on our Facebook page or Instagram, we say it's by that student intern. So we'll say photos courtesy of Jeannie Smith, AUSD digital communication intern. We created the student leadership positions. The students love that. So once you're in DCI for a semester or two, you can work your way up to a student manager position, more responsibilities. We created uh, two partnerships with our local media, the Arcadia Weekly and uh, the Arcadia Patch. They're desperately seeking content, and we have content. So our students are writing articles. Uh, so say a student on the news writing team writes an article, it'll go to the news writing team manager, they'll copy edit it, then they'll send it to myself or a public information officer. We'll do some tweaks, make some suggestions, and then we'll send it over to our Arcadia Weekly and Arcadia Patch, where our students in high school, some young as sophomores, are getting published in the local media already. So they love it because they get content. We love it because we're getting our story out there. The students love it, and they put in that college app and the resume. It is just a win-win for everybody. Uh, and they like pizza a lot. <laughs> so we do a lot of parties and celebrations because it is, you know, some of the kids join it as like it's going to be another fun club, but we really preach that professionalism and we want them to really know what a work environment is. And if you're slacking, we're going to have to have a talk. Uh, but we also like to have some fun and what kid doesn't like uh, pizza. And then every, uh, speaking of Bitmojis, every semester once we get through the probation process, we announce our internship students via Bitmoji. So we all get to create our different Bitmoji, we put it on our social media, you know, please congratulate the new class of interns for the district, and this is kind of our fun way to introduce the interns. Our workshops, this is a guy I worked with at a TV station in Santa Barbara, Dennis Funes, who is now a photographer for NBC National Network. 
he came in and did a lighting and interview workshop. Bottom right, Ashley. You see how impressed she is with that? Very impressed. But the kids love these workshops. My voice gets a little tiring after a while of preaching these things, but when they get professionals in the field in there, uh, they love it. Connected with one of our alumni a couple years ago on Twitter. She's our Katie High alumni who is a reporter in Baltimore. She came in when she was home for uh, the holidays, did a workshop on storytelling, how to interview people, what questions to ask, uh, and it was fantastic. Every winter, every fall semester at the end, the colleges are back before the high school gets out. So I invite our DCI alumni back to do a college panel to help our current students about how to write your college essay, what to put on your apps, what to do when you get to college, more importantly, what not to do when you get to college. Uh, anyone from Poway Unified here? Poway Unified, they don't need to be here because they created an internship. So that's a communication director down in front. They came up and actually shadowed us, went to a meeting to kind of figure out how we do things. Then while she was there, you know, she just got the job. She beat out probably 100 people to become the communications director of Poway. I said, all right, let's do a 15-minute workshop about how you got the job and interviewed and what you put on your resume. Uh, so we turned that into the workshop for the students as well. Our students do what we call skill presentations by the students for the students. So Michael's a really good photographer. So he does a 10-minute workshop on photography for the rest of our students. This does obviously several things. It gets them up and presenting in front of the class, gets their presentation skills honed, and it gives the rest of the class um, some great information and knowledge they wouldn't normally have. And then myself and our PIO don't have to do workshops or bring somebody in. Um, so we've had some really good presentations over the years on photography, how to write emails, graphic design, different photo apps. Then we work with um, some of our local community business partners. We did a Robex project, uh, worked with them and they're the owner of Robex to, as a franchisee. How did they do marketing? What do you need to follow? Then again, we have the team manager's um, positions as well. Last year, we started a podcast team. This is all student run. I try to stay out of it as much as possible. It's hosted by the students. They edit it. They bring on the guest. Um, it's on iTunes. It's on Podbean. And again, we also publicize ourselves, and we did an article about our new podcast on a local paper that we wrote and got picked up by uh, one of the <coughs> media organizations that we partner with. So they have 21 episodes, over 1,000 downloads. This is just all student-run podcast. Again, us covering the Rose Parade. We were there. I ran into a guy that currently works at CNN. We both used to work at the same station at different times. Turn that into a quick interview workshop lesson out in the field as well. So them getting to rub elbows with you know national media and learn from them is pretty valuable um, indeed. And then we partnered with USC, one of our local universities as well. Had a conversation with them a few years ago. How can we get involved? They mentioned they have this high school journalism day. It's usually for lower income uh, <coughs> districts in their immediate area. They said, come on in. Then one of the students, uh, Michael, is actually, yeah, he is right there um, now at USC. So we went there for a day. They have a three-week summer camp that you can apply to after you go to their high school journalism day. 
So he went to that, got into there, and he's now going to USC on a full-ride scholarship. Um, so we're still waiting for the check from his parents. Uh, we also like to have fun, so we'll have, occasionally we'll go to the park and have a meeting, bring your dog, let's go take care of business. Uh, there at the park, bring the doggies, pretty fun. We want a, a task, the great thing about having interns too is you want to do all these different things, but you don't have the time. So when we first did one-to-one -one with Chromebooks, uh, we started the, the damage reports were a little higher than anticipated with the kids because they're in elementary, middle school kids' hands and high school kids' hands. Uh, I don't have time to show this. We're running a little, I uh, just want to make sure we get through this. Um, but we actually, the students did it so well, I said we needed to get the information out there to let the students know what they should and should not be doing, but go ahead and have fun with it. So, because I know nobody's going to watch just how to take care of your Chromebook video. So the students did a great job, gave them pretty much all the rights. We went back and forth with some edits, but we ended up winning a award of excellence from the uh, California School Public Relations Association for the work. I think we're the only student group to ever win a, an award by that organization. Our Instagram account, um, I was very particular, you know, I'm kind of a control freak with our brand and our image when we put out there. So we're on social media, I don't want any grammatical mistakes, I don't want anything kind of silly out there. So for the first few years, I did not let students post on our social media. I kind of relaxed that, and once you kind of see the students in your program, you kind of know which ones you can trust, who's a good writer. So I turned the keys over to a few students on our, on our uh, social media team, and that really helped increase what we were able to post. The, the amount of content and the quality of content. And uh, one day I got a message on our Instagram account saying, hey, did you see the, the BuzzFeed story? No, I hadn't seen it. Uh, but BuzzFeed actually named us one of the top 10 best school Instagram accounts in the world. Um, and that would not have happened if I was still just running the Instagram account by myself. The students are really able to put so much more content on there, have some fun and creativity on there. Um, so we're on the same list with uh, University of Michigan, Cal Berkeley, University College of London, and little old Arcadia Unified School District is on there. Um, that's really because of the students' work uh, on the social media. So we talked about Troy, the son of our board president, Ms. Nguyen, and then uh, give us a little parent perspective as well. Sure, so Troy, before joining TCI, already had 500 friends on Facebook, was what you would think as a parent you know, stellar student, Boy Scout, on track to be Eagle by his sophomore year, hit a brick wall junior year. Middle school was great. Uh, Jessica Vanasto, before she was married to Dave, was one of his mentors in, at middle school at Oakford Hills Middle Elementary, Fort Hills Middle School. And right, wrong, and different, you know, this is the nightmare that no parent wants. That picture of us on graduation day, I, as a parent, I never thought that would happen because junior year was probably the most challenging year. We did counseling, we did therapy. But we as a parent, and in the Asian culture, it's a stigma, but you have to look at it. You have to own it. They're your son, they're your son, they're your children for life. We embraced it, we helped them, we supported them through the process, and through DCI, this connection with Ryan, helped turn his life around. I mean, these pictures weren't staged. These pictures weren't taken just for this presentation. They already existed. 
And with Ryan's help and the sense of ownership, the sense of being part of the community. Now, we have 50 plus student club and organizations on a campus. So it's not like there's something a student can't do. Uh, that field of honor, those flags that you saw, that was at Arcadia County Park. His Boy Scout troop installed all those flags and those flags are sold and the, in, in conjunction with the Rotary Club, those flags are sold to raise money to help um, fund a memorial that was installed at that park. And that student that played the bugle there, there there's either a student in you know, a Boy Scout troop or orchestra or both playing the whole week before Veterans Day just to honor our men and women in service. But the parents' perspective is, it's priceless. I mean, Troy came back to be um, an alumni, to help with their students. He brought roll bags out of his own money for the entire group of DCI students. And then, you know, going on to the next slide, that's Troy receiving an award. You know, the you know, senior awards night, these are DCI students all getting awards through, through Ryan. You know, like it's not just an accomplishment, but it's an accomplishment he's proud to do and put on his resume. And you know, for, for parents who are out there that had children, you know, for those of you who came in late, my son was hospitalized under 5150 his junior year in high school. And this helped him rebound. And then he came, now he's currently studying communications in college because of his experience in DCI. So, you know, if you don't have a communication program, please start one. Cal's Farm. You know, the, the, for those of you who also came late, the presentation is posted on Ryan's website, and we can have that for you towards the end. But, you know, this has been an invaluable program for me. You know, the, the struggles that we have as a family, you know, Troy was actively engaged, you know, posting, working late at night just to get the story's done to meet the deadline and edit. And you know, you never saw that. It's a sense of honor. And this is, I mean, technically, they don't get a grade. And this isn't, you know, he's taking time aside from his midterms or finals to complete a deadline to post a, a project. And then Ryan has, on average, over 500 students applying and less than 10% get selected. So I thank you for accepting Troy. And you know, they told me that he earned it, and I believed it because I saw him working and staying late and telling them that it's bedtime, you need to go to bed. Because I had to take his homework away from him. So, um, all around great program. Thank you, Brian. Uh, I appreciate uh, your sharing and your vulnerability. Um, I, I just want to add to that that I, unfortunately I spent a lot of my career um, saying to kids, when you grow up or when you get a real job. I think what we know now is we, we just had really low expectations for our kids and uh, th that time is over and uh, our kids can do this work and they should be doing that work and it is a win-win uh, for everyone and, and in fact you know our students are now solving some of the big problems in our city and, and in our community and so this is just a great example of how um, there's a payoff for everyone in this. Thank you. Thanks for that perspective and if Board President Nguyen would have not told me about Troy's struggles. <clears throat> I really wouldn't have known that because he was always, that smile, I always saw that. So him being connected, and we all know the importance of connecting students to something, but him just being in there, being connected to something, to give him that smile back is it just so rewarding. And he did really earn it. Troy's an amazing photographer. And that's the thing about using the students. They're, they're, 
a huge resource and asset right under our own nose. Troy's a better photographer than I'll ever be. I have graphic designers in my program that are better than I will ever be. They can run circles around me. So some of those students and their skills are just huge, it's just a matter of tapping into that. And Troy was a great example of that. And uh, he was an absolute pleasure to have in the program. Last month, um, again, this is credit to the interns. Uh, we, we work hard, myself and our PIO, but we cannot do half of the work uh, and provide the quality of content that we do. <clears throat> November's not even over yet. We had 134 posts on our Facebook page. I thought that may be a little skewed because our football team was just in the CAF championship. Uh, so we were posting a lot about that. But I went back and looked at, our, at October's numbers, 133 posts. So that's four and a half posts per day. Um, and not all of them are events. Some of them are flyers or fundraisers and stuff like that that we put up there. But that number would be at least 50, 60, 70% less without the student interns. I went back and looked at our, we use a Google Drive folder to post all of our photos and all of our stories uh, for the internship. I went back and looked at last year's complete folder. There was 270 events covered just by our student interns. Some of those I'm also at, our PIO is also at, but 207 extra events. If you think about that, there's only 183 school days in a year. So we're out at events at least one every single school day. So again, back to that positive saturation, that continuous stream of positive news, that's how you do it. So rough estimate, about 50 photos per event. Um, so last year alone, our interns took over 10,000 photos for us. Amazing. Um, again, the benefits of DCI, huge drastic increase in what we're able to cover through the district. That saturation of positive news, our social media growth has taken off. Give you one quick tip for your social media. Uh, districts underutilize their email blast system a lot. There doesn't have to be a lockdown or somebody bleeding on campus to send a mass notification. Once a year we send an email saying, please to our, all of our parents and our staff, Please follow our Facebook page. In addition to sending out positive news, we will also communicate crisis information when it's happening um, <clears throat> because sometimes it'll be the fastest means of communication. Your followers will go up in the hundreds immediately from one email blast. <clears throat> Huge enrichment for students, the increase in morale, and working with students, honestly, is one of the best parts of the job. Uh, the energy they have. No offense to, to all of us old people in the room, but there's something about working with students that is super rewarding to see their growth. And the internship program, the advantage I have is I had some of these kids in my program for three years to see them grow from a freshman and a sophomore um, and then mature in their process is unbelievably rewarding. <coughs> uh, President Wynn talked about one of our previous, uh, Travis was one of our board student representatives our current student managing editor, uh, the highest position in DCI is also a board rep, and I grabbed her real quick after our last <coughs> board meeting to give her student perspective of DCI as well. Hello CSBA, my name is Sarah Wang and I'm a senior at Arcadia High School. This is my third year in DCI and I'm the student managing editor. Before joining DCI, I had no experience whatsoever with photojournalism or PR or any of the things that we do today. 
but through a lot of workshops, guest speakers, and cool field trips, I learned skills in public relations, social media management, website management, uh, photojournalism, article writing, and just overall program management. In DCI, we have a lot of cool opportunities, such as going to USC's Journalism Day, getting our articles published in our local newspapers, meeting a lot of school administrators and board members, and winning awards from big organizations such as the California Schools Public Relations Association. I think that DCI was possibly one of the most incredible experiences I've had in my entire life because it truly shaped me to be the person I am today. This program has been such an asset to the district as a whole because it's a way to tie our community in together and share all the amazing things that Arcadia Unified students have been doing. Given the chance, I think that all students, regardless of their interests, uh, should try something similar because it's helped me build up a social media presence and an online presence that a lot of future employers and college recruiters may see. And speaking of college, as I'm going through my college application process, it's been incredibly useful to have DCI on my resume and on my activity sheet because it shows that I have pursued my passions in a very specific way and it also has given me the opportunity to have professional experience, experiences and work with experts in the industry. Overall, DCI has been not only a huge help to the district, but also to all the students uh, of Arcadia Unified as a whole. So that is Sarah. I only had to pay her a little bit to say all that. <laughs> that was uh, actually only her second take. I just said talk about it. She's, she's such a savvy person, but um, she was one that joined for the secretary. We had a secretary position a few years ago. She joined just for that had no experience in journalism, and now she's the highest level, one of our best photographers. Um, she just made that great connection. This year, she ran for student rep to the board, uh, got that, and she's just doing amazing things, and she'll be going on. Her parents should be writing us a check as well. Uh, storytelling for our schools have never been more important, and students are one of the greatest resources to help us do that. Um, so that is it. I just want to, before we take questions, just want to, if you want to take a picture, take a picture of this slide. It has our Twitter handles, our uh, my website with this presentation that's on it, <clears throat> my email, and then Derek, he looks very scary down there, but he's a very nice guy. Uh, he has stickers, DCI stickers, uh, our contact card, and uh, our information about our presentation with this contact information on it as well. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, uh, question. Question. Yeah, I'm just uh, wondering: Is all of the work, is including the uh, meetings that you have with the students, all outside of school hours, or do you have ways and opportunities for kids to do work during school? It's mostly after school. So meetings take place after school, and then most of the work they do is kind of after school events. Once in a while, we'll have like a lunchtime meeting or something like that, um, but it's mostly after school. Okay. There's a question on the back table first. Jim, go ahead. How do you coordinate with uh, student newspapers or journalism classes, or do you do any coordination with those? 
We do, and we're just actually increasing that. We just had a meeting of the minds between all the teachers and mentors of those programs to really hone that in to make sure we're not duplicating the work because we'll be at an event we'll see three photographers from DCI, two from yearbook, and one from the newspaper. We don't all need to be there, and let's share those resources. Um, so we've done a little bit of, the, of that in the past, but that's a great question. We're doing more of that to kind of hone in how we can collaborate a little bit better and streamline our resources. Yes? I see you do this over four years. What would you suggest for a district that has nothing? Right. You, you started with one and we started with two. You started with a class of 10 Fantastic question. That's what I get asked a lot when districts call is, where do I start? Um, I recommend starting small. What I'm doing is a little insane with 30 students managing them. Start small with one or two students. Explain to them that this is something new. We're going to trial and error, see how it goes, and then grow from there. So we did the first semester was basically two students just kind of work with me communicate through email uh, occasional meeting and then we did the applications and that first semester I think we took 20 which is still kind of high trimmed it down to 15 after um, but I would start small one or two students add a couple more maybe the next semester kind of see what needs you have so if you really need more videos talk to the video department bring in some video kids and then start small and then go, and the, the other key is just to start. I've had people come to my presentation and say, this is the greatest thing ever. I see them two years later, damn, I'm gonna start that internship any day now. <laughs> Don't worry about figuring it all out. Start it, the kids are fine adapting, and as long as you tell them, look, I don't know exactly what we're doing either, we're gonna figure it out. Start it, start small, and figure it out as you go. Yes? So, first of all, I think it's brilliant, right? Wonderful that we giving them opportunities or your agency has given them opportunities of real life experience because this is what we're here for for them. And I think this is a wonderful opportunity for every child. My my problem is I'm on a unified school district on our ROP board. The word internship is a very um, conflicting word, and I'm wondering how you get around using internship. Are you following several guidelines for internship? Have you had any we haven't had any problems uh, using internship. I mean, we operate probably more like a club than a technical internship because it is after school, it's after school hours. So we kind of operate more into the parameters of a club. Um, but we, the students like the internship work experience and that's kind of what they're getting. Uh, so we haven't had any kind of major issues or any issues with internship. But thanks for the heads up. <laughs> I haven't heard that before, so. Thank you. These are, these are, it's not just a club activity. These are real life membership opportunities for them to cover events in the community, you know, neighboring cities, what's going on, and then hosting, and then Brian forgot to mention here, like, they, we do an intensive background check on their social media posting. Any inappropriate, most posting, they, they get slapped in the wrist and put on probation. No more posting for you. And you know, that's a rigorous program. But the integrity program is dependent on the quality of their posting. That whether or not it's a DCI posting, if they're being followed, that content gets out. What about uh, when you don't have a PIO or a small district, you barely have enough resources to run the district that it is. I'm looking at this as an 
opportunity to, to boost our, our engagement with the community without having a yeah, and that, that's a great question because it is, I mean, it's easier for us because I'm a full-time employee and I love doing it. Um, but yeah. I, I suggest to other districts that don't have a communication person, maybe a stipend for a journalism teacher or something like that that could help. Uh, maybe a parent volunteer that you trust that has marketing or communications background that can help organize it. And again, once you start small with one or two kids, you know, they, they don't need to put in a ton of time but just collaborate with the district level folks, your board of, of kind of what you want. Um, and again, it's just that starting small. And then honestly, I could take a few weeks off, have Sarah run the meetings, and all this stuff is still getting done once you get the template and the format in place. Um, I'm just a talking mouth to them now, they know what to do, and uh, it's great. It, it does make it more difficult, but there, there are some other options too. Yeah, ours is a neat, unique situation in that you know, we, we have, photography teacher that's willing to help mentor our students. We have our Apache News, you know, the, the teacher, he's got three Emmys under his belt. So teaching our students how to take videos and help them use a snap board and everything like that. And be available for questions if you want to shut it down. We'll hang out for a few minutes if anyone else has any questions. Thank you guys so much for coming. Thank you all so much. Thank you very much.